This is Leafs Late. Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now, your starting lineup. Yep. Roscoe, the Fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. It is uh, Roscoe with Beaner and Darty Brodeur. Unfortunately, we still can't lock down Steph. It's been really hard since the season ended. And uh, Southey broke his foot. So uh, he might be here at some point, but he's getting x-rays right now. So if he makes it, it would be kind of a late game uh, Tampa Bay Lightning type miracle where he breaks a foot and comes back in the third period. Are we going to have to put something on LTIR? uh... (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. It's been gone enough. We should be getting a cap relief at this point. (laughs) So some things. This is the finale of season one. We did it. A whole year is gone. The Stanley Cup's been handed out. The awards have been handed out. The draft is this week. Like everything's uh, everything's shifting over to the next season, 22-23. So with that, we got to shift over to our next season. Yay. So, uh, yeah, we're going to bring back lots of games that we kind of um, got behind on as the season picked up and our, our lives picked up. But uh, we'll, uh, we'll get back to lots of hot take games um, and other uh, segments that we will have specified to different days. So, you know, if the game lands on a Wednesday, you know, you're going to be hearing a certain thing. So stuff like that. We'll, uh, we'll start rolling that out over the next month or so till the season starts. Uh, also some fun announcement. I can, well, I'll do it for season two, episode one, fun announcement. Tune in next time. Uh, and housekeeping since we were last here, Darty Broder, you were on, the uh, second episode of Marty Zilstra's brand new show, Sports is Fun. How was that? <laughs> no, <laughs> I still I love, love baby. I love I love Lee Slate and I love Marty Zilstra. Don't worry. It's not uh, it's not a love hate relationship. Uh, it was uh, you know what? He's doing his thing out in uh, I, do people know that he's out in Van City like he's a Vancouver, right? Like he's not one of us, uh, I guess, Golden Horseshoe folks, even though I guess you're not really in the Golden, Ho- golden Horseshoe, but <laughs> The uh, Saint Laurent Triangle, exactly. But yeah, he. I guess his podcast is more Vancouver based, and he he's uh, getting going. So he wanted some. Uh, well, I guess he's he's <laughs> reaching in the in the bargain bin, and he found me. So uh, I came <laughs> just on. like I did. He wanted some celebrity status there, Darty. Exactly. Come on now, don't sell yourself short. So uh, yeah, I went on to the the sports is fun uh, podcast. Let me tell you, all right. Like, not that I don't like our uh, our theme song, but. Uh, we're, we don't we don't have a rock song right like i'm i didn't ask him if he's the one playing the guitar or like if that's his uh what's a pretty sweet like i had i had my wife in the car oh, she's like be. she's like that's a pretty sweet like guitar uh like riff going on there is like it's like dee, 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 dee. i had like a very like street fighter kind of vibe to it so <laughs> I, I love that he's like we're just gonna let this ride out <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> it's <laughs> so good <laughs> A whole minute of it. It's it's fantastic. Honestly, I'm jealous of it. We're going to roll out a new uh, theme song. And uh, I guess I can announce we're going to have new artwork. Uh, hopefully by the time our next episode airs. I commissioned it a while ago um, for our show and for all of us. So you'll have some new little avatars of all of us that you can see. Uh, they're super cute and fun. And uh, we got new banner and uh, all their social media pictures and all that will change soon. So that'll hopefully line up with season too so that's fun another announcement 
as I drink from my Leafs Light Night mug available um, at some point. I'm still waiting. I'm, for, I'm just uh, going to say, Darty, I was <laughs> listening to that episode while I was at work the other day when it came out, and I'm like looking for a phone number to call in and chat goalies with you guys. You just <laughs> were just going off. It was awesome. Yeah, I don't know if if it was initially like written down that we were going to start talking about goaltenders, but again, like, with a name like you know Darty Broder, like you know you got to you have to start when you're. When you're reintroducing yourself to uh, a whole new set of fans, you got to be like, "Why the hell? Is, why the hell do you have this stupid name?" It's like, "Oh, well, it's it's based off of Martin Brodeur." And then from there, of course, anytime you talk about anytime you talk about Martin Brodeur, it's like talking about like LeBron James, right? Like it's like, no, 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 like Patrick's LeBron better. James. <laughs> no, it's like you talk about LeBron James. All of a sudden, it was Kobe. It was you know, it's uh, it's oh, Michael yeah. Jordan, right? The same kind of vibe, right? You talk about I said Brodeur. You, they're all of a sudden Patrick Waugh, Hasek, um <laughs> I've, I've heard some people talk like uh i said at like this people, point even we're at the point where we can talk about lundquist in that group exactly He's right like now retired not and, quite no you don't think so no really because i mean he, he, it's a different era like there's a lot more uh, i don't know okay no fair you're the look, goalie i trust you look, look at the sheer dominance of someone like Hashik. like there was a point in in time where he was not only winning the Vesna, he was stealing the Hart Trophy away from the Gretzkys, the Lemieux, the Augers. Didn't because he Lundqvist was that do that too, good. though? Didn't he get a heart? Lundqvist no. never won a heart. But you know who Price the real did. winner is, folks? Price here? Did. I know that. But, you know, it is. It was the Canada Day weekend, all right. But it was also we're talking about tendies right now. It's also it was also Rick DiPietro Day. <laughs> oh, happy Rick DiPietro Day. You know, anybody who knows Bobby Benilla's story, very similar. You know, this guy, this goaltender is getting paid. Is it still one point five million till like twenty thirty or something? Like that's I think it was one point five for um Di Pietro and one point nine for one point one nine for Bobby Benilla. Like there you go. These guys yeah, they, every they're July the real first ghosts. until <laughs> So Rick DiPietro, because of his buyout, is getting $1.5 million every July 1st until 2029, courtesy of Sportsnet. Uh, Bobby Benilla, or Benilla, I don't know how to say his name, um, is $1.19 million until uh, 2035. Man, to get paid that much to not play a sport long after you would have retired anyway, that's insane. So you can talk Wah or Brodeur, but the real winner right now is the guy who's getting paid $1.5 million still to do nothing, all right? Like, <laughs> that's that's goat territory. I don't care who you are. <laughs> the real reason the salary cap exists, honestly, <laughs> because nobody can ever be allowed to sign a 14- or 16-year contract ever again. Like, that's... Yeah, what's your uh... favorite 16-year contract, Beaner? 10-year, <laughs> 12-year... Ten plus. Well, uh, Shea the, Weber's is. Yeah, Weber was I think ten. I think um, Ovechkin was twelve, wasn't he? I think so. Um, DiPietro was fifteen. Wasn't Kovalchuk fifteen or seventeen or something like that? Kovalchuk's was massive. Longest NHL contracts. Fill time while I look this up because we're so great at preparing for these. Somehow we always go on <laughs> to things that we didn't prepare for, and I have to end up looking it up. Well, that that, that's because we area. just kind of <laughs> just pain everybody, go, right? Like, okay, so the it, yeah, a, Shea Weber fourteen, Sidney Crosby twelve, mm. and those are the two longest ones that are still active. 
And it's eight years oh, now, right? Like confirming. Jonathan the- Quick got a ten. And so did Jordan Stall. Eight is the max if your rights are currently owned by that team. Yeah. Otherwise it's seven. So like Colorado could sign Kadri to eight years right now, but no one else could. Everyone else could only sign him to seven. Oh, and Duncan Keith uh, signed a thirteen year deal. But knowing our cap situation, right? We're talking about the Leafs. Like, how many, how many 10, 10 plus year contracts do you think Dubis would be doing if he could do them right now? Like, just to keep people. Uh, oh, like, absolutely. Yeah. Like, if we could go past ten, like he would do. He would probably do Jack for like what two, two point five for twelve years <laughs> if you could keep him. Yeah, I, I, I think that's how you get into the situation, like with what happened with Nick Paul. Because that is one of them contracts. You look at it and it's kind of like, okay, that doesn't really make sense for. Seven Almost times anybody. three, 3.15 or something. Yeah, like personally, I wouldn't have given him much more than that. But there is teams out there that probably would have given him four, four and a half on the annual salary hit. But if you look at it, signing him to seven years, what is he, 28, 29? I think the like, point is that the cap's going to go up in the back half of that, and it's going to look real easy to handle at that point. Yeah, but at that point, he's not going to be, like, unless he turns into a Chris Kreider and pops off for a 40-goal season when he's 35. Uh, like... Chris Kreider scored 50, so give some credit <laughs> where credit is due. Ding, 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 ding. Roscoe coming in with the heat. <laughs> Throwing a hey, heater. An- another like that... fantasy pick of mine that I have to, I got to give some respect. But, like, that's, that's, the, that's the anomaly, right? Like, Paul hasn't shown since he's come into the league that he's capable of doing what he did in the playoffs consistently. So Tampa wanted to keep him. He wanted more money. So Tampa said, hey, we'll give you seven years if you drop the AAV a little bit. And he was thinking to himself, hey, why not? This is already my third team. I've been on teams that lose. This team is good and they're winning. Let's take it. Fair enough. And I mean... We can write off the same conversation. Another long contract that turned into trouble for a team. Uh, two 13-year contracts handed out to Ryan Suter and Zach Parise have now resulted in Kevin Fiala being moved from the uh, Minnesota Wild because they can't afford literally anything for the next two years because they're going to be paying $14 million or something for two guys who aren't playing. So I still don't understand those buyouts. Like, yes, they... They did not make sense to keep. It doesn't make or, sense. Like the, the, those contracts didn't make sense to begin with. But when you look at it and you have two years of $28 million over the course of two years, like that's ridiculous. I, I just don't understand how it breaks down. Like I get, okay, I'm not saying I don't understand that. that well, this is the rule. I, the rule is stupid. Like this way that they're front loading the penalty on it is just kind of ridiculous. I think it's to kind of counteract how the contracts were written, right? Because they were written to kind of circumvent the cap so that you're paying less actual dollars in the last handful of years in which you're not expecting the player to play anyways. That's why they got rid of those type of contracts and they, they created a percentage amount that you can only have so much of a percent difference year to year. So um, here from cap friendly, how much does the wild actually save from these buyouts? So this current year they saved 10 and a half million. Cause that was the point was let's ditch these and get something in next year. 
um, they save two and a half million or 2.3. Then the year after that, they save 300 grand. Same with the year after that. Then they're losing 1.7 million for the next four seasons. So really, it like the back half of it's worse. I think we need an accountant on. All right. We need a certified professional but, sports accountant to come on here <laughs> and break this down. Like, And this is but what it get, takes they, to be a hockey fan, folks. Welcome to the Gary Bettman era. Uh, they get out of them sooner, though, right? Like, that's yeah. basically the big thing. So the other side of this, the LA Kings signed Kevin Fiala to a seven-year contract because they did not own his rights and could not sign him to eight. So seven times 7.875 for a total of $55 million for the former Minnesota Wild star, Kevin Fiala. Um, Going the other way is a first-round pick and defensive prospect, Brock Faber. They See, but technically they should have been able to sign him to eight because they traded for his rights. Oh, fair, yeah. That's true. Maybe they just didn't want to. <laughs> Maybe not. Or maybe he pushed back on the uh, the dollar amount and they settled on seven years. Yeah, that could be. So I could yeah. stay there for seven years, but eight years? Nah, can't do that. <laughs> yeah, who would want to spend another year in California when you're making seven or eight million dollars a year? Not um, the Don, he doesn't staying... want to spend any time in Anaheim. Apparently he loves to spend time at Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but what about uh, waiving your no-move clause to not stay in Florida for six million plus? Because Ryan McDonough, uh, as of today, has been moved. Um, and then that's to Nashville for some reason. I don't really get this trade. He makes a lot of money. The piece is going the other way. I get it. It frees up space for Tampa. I get the move for Tampa. I don't get it for the Preds. I want to give a shout out to the Matt Leafs thing- Erickson. Because uh, he made a good point that I refuse to accept that Grant Mishmash is the name of a real person. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. So it's Grant Mishmash. And who's the other one uh, that went the other way? Philip Myers. Uh, Philip Myers. Right. Sorry, I I interrupted you, Beaner. That's all you know. Um, The the only thing I could think of is that maybe they're looking for some sort of veteran presence on the blue line. Because really, aside from Ekholm, Nashville doesn't have anybody that has a ton of experience on the back end. I guess Yossi. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll eat my words there. I completely forgot about their captain. Yeah, you know, just the one that scored, what was it, over 100 points, 115 or something? I'll be won okay Norris, eventually. Or runner-up for the Norris. Sorry, we all know who won that. Remind, remind us who won that? Who won that? Uh, it was um, uh, Kelly Maker. Kelly, <laughs> not Kelly Rosen, right? Kelly, <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Callie Rosen, star defenseman of the Colorado <laughs> Avalanche. Valley Ryan, Nitrous Gang. Gang. Uh, so speaking of Tampa Bay and Ryan McDonough, do you guys see the list of injuries that uh, Tampa posted after they finished their uh, series with Colorado? We got a meniscus injury starting in the playoffs to Belmar. Sorelli, shoulder and AC joint sprain versus New York Rangers and uh, dislocated other shoulder versus Colorado. Super fun. Kucherov, MCL sprain versus Colorado. Nick Paul, shoulder, AC joint sprain versus New York Rangers and an MCL sprain against Colorado. Corey Perry, shoulder and AC joint sprain versus uh, New York Rangers. Point significant quad tear versus Toronto. Sorry. Uh, McDonough mangled finger from blocked uh, shot in New York. So, 
I saw one where it goes through all of those. Comes at a cost. And then at the end, the last panel, it's like, because you know how they make it look official, right? It's like, so-and-so, this, so-and-so, that. The last panel is like, Pat Maroon, fat. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. So, um... There's a part of me that's like, I want the Leafs to win. There's another part of me that's like, I don't want to read the list of how they all played near death to get there. (laughs) Man, it is crazy what it takes. (laughs) This man had one foot in the grave before. (laughs) Like, Jesus Christ. Like, it does does sound pretty horrible when you read those. Like, you know, it is. It's not a joke, right? As I said, I made a joke about that last panel, but those are real. Those are real serious injuries that people are fighting through. Like, if you have a, like a you know, a torn meniscus, like even if, as stupid as it sounds, like it's still something that would like really bother you. Like it, just a, as a layman going to work every day, let alone yeah, fighting a fucking puck battle. <laughs> if you didn't have a, a multi-million dollar uh, sports uh, um, uh, health and whatever uh, therapy words, medical department, you would be dealing with these injuries for like years. These are unreal circumstances that they're able to fix these guys up in a couple months and have them back on the ice in uh, October. It's amazing what money does. Yeah. When I, uh, that was one of the things I really remember from the all or nothing documentary was like seeing the systems that they were able to hook these guys up to when they're hurt, how Muzzin was on that thing that was like sending pulses to his bones to like repair them quicker when he broke it. That's nuts. We don't have access to that. (laughs) <laughs> is that that's what you remember from uh, all or nothing i remember I, I can't remember which like was it lilligran who was eating mellow meal it was like like oatmeal with with melons i'm not sure if it was, it was one of the <laughs> that's weird i don't remember that <laughs> I, th- I think it was justin hall it was justin hall of course it'd be hall he's <laughs> the pirate Ugh. okay so um a couple things to touch on before we get into our season finale uh list of topics um but, 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 but the first pick in the draft is currently up in the air question mark maybe like part of so the it was brought up that Yuri Slavkovsky is I think I said that right uh is more or less tied with Shane Wright um and I'd say if it wasn't the Montreal Canadiens picking first overall I would agree but I think Montreal's still going to go Shane Wright um, I think they're just not coming out and saying it in case New Jersey wants to trade with them to get Slavkovsky no matter what. Um, well, Bob McKenzie said it, so it has to be true, all right? Because he has a streak of what, like 15 picks now that he hasn't fucked up? <laughs> I just, I I think it's a good move if you want to screw New Jersey to pick Slavkovsky because New Jersey doesn't need another young star center, basically. Yeah, but... I, I mean, not that you're I screwing still... a team over by giving them Shane Wright, but like, you know what I mean? You put them in a situation where they have to make a decision. If it was, if the second pick belonged to like Toronto or Buffalo or Boston, I could see them potentially stooping that low. Um, but I don't think, I don't think they're, the two players are as far off as everyone thinks. And I can't see there being any way in hell that Montreal trades the first overall pick when the draft is in Montreal. No, that's that's fair. Mm-hmm. That's actually fair. I can see them wheeling and dealing to get another pick, probably in the top 15, let's say, to try to make it like the draft crazy and have their fans go off. But 
with how far he shot up the the rankings and seeing how he did excuse me not only because i believe he was on the olympic finish team and the world championship team yeah like this kid's a beast oh and i i called it a little while ago i placed a couple dollars down that he was going to go first overall because the odds were pretty good and i could definitely see it They've got Suzuki. You've got Dvorak, who you just traded for last year. So you've got two decent young centers. And I forgot they got Slavkovsky. Slavkovsky would look good on the wing with Suzuki and Caulfield, as much as I hate to say it. No kidding. That's a fantastic young line. I mean, a couple of years, they would probably be one of the top teams in the league with that. Um, so on the other side, Logan Pooley, about this Slavkovsky uh, I'm fellow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, uh, Logan Cooley, I, I feel sorry for because he's definitely going to be playing in a 3,200-person arena for the next uh, couple of years. It depends on who you are, though, if right? He like, even, some of these guys, like, maybe, maybe he might just like, go back really to enjoys that, right? He may just <laughs> go back to school to playing in an arena that probably holds, like, 3,000 more people. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. um, we... Do you have anybody you want to touch on Leafs wise for this uh, this draft? I mean, twenty five is kind of tough because you can't you can pick someone and then all of a sudden they'll go tenth overall instead, and Leafs will pick someone that was supposed to go two hundredth. So it's kind of hard to predict, especially with well. And this uh, sorry first stepping in there. This draft is going to be so weird too because you have anyone who plays in any of the leagues in Russia. Where are they going to go? Like, if you listen to any draft show, whether it's TSN, Sportsnet, SiriusX, like, anywhere, and anytime they talk about any of the Russians, it's, you know, if this was any other year, this guy would be in the top 10, this guy would be in the top 15. So, I think it's going to kind of be, aside from your, say, top five players, I think it's going to be a crapshoot. You're going to have players going all over the place, because there's going to be a team that says, hey, like a a team like Colorado, for instance, they're going to see, they would see a player drop and still available when they're picking that maybe shouldn't be there, but he's only there because he's Russian. Well, we're not going to need him this year. We're not going to need him next year. Let's grab him. So I think in four or five years, we're going to look at this draft and it's going to be, you know, like a Kucherov or a Vasilevsky scenario. Like how the hell did they get him where they got him? Fair enough. Um, I, ideally, bless you, you Darty. Thank you. Sorry, apologies. Ideally, the player I want is going to be long gone before the Leafs get to him. Who do you want? Let's but t- tell us who you want, Bean. I would love for the Leafs to get Brad Lambert. And why would you the like finish? the Leafs to get Brad Lambert? Six foot tall, one hundred seventy nine pounds. I heard it talking about him on, I think it was on SDPN, and they were laughing about the fact that a Finnish guy has the name Brad Lambert. It sounds like an Abercrombie just, model. Yeah, he's he's fast. He he doesn't give up. Like he's he's been talked about for years and years as being one of the special players in this draft. And I don't know if it was the the COVID stuff or what happened. He kind of fell out of favor a little bit this year, so that might work in the Leafs' favor. And like that's what happened with Lilligren and Sandine too, right? They both kind of dropped a little bit in their draft years, and we lucked out getting them where we did. Just th- this kid, 
like I would say it's so tough comparing them to a player that that's in the league right now, but like he's, he's kind of seems to me to be like that, that Hyman, like that hardworking can kind of do a little bit. He's not, he's a jack of all trades, but a master of none type thing. Gotcha. Like, like he's, he's good at everything and he's a hard player and he's a smart player, but he's not, he's not going to snipe 60 goals and he's not going to, you know, pull a Bergeron and shut everything down, but he's, he's good at pretty much everything. Okay. Uh, the one I had my eye on, cause I was looking around, you know, 25 to 50 ish or like that range to see who would maybe be available. And I stumbled upon Reed Schaefer, left wing from Seattle of the WHL. He is 6'3", 213 pounds, absolutely massive, shoots left, um, in 66 games, had 32 goals and 26 assists for 58 points. Are you joking? Like, everybody around him that was ranked, like, in that area had nowhere near that amount. So I don't know what it is that ranked him lower. Maybe there's something they know that I don't. Obviously, they do. They get paid to know if, things I don't. But If I remember correctly, I think he kind of came out of nowhere. Like, I think the, the previous couple years, his stats were kind of meh. And then this year, he just exploded. Well, I like the look of it. And if he ends up blowing up, I want to take credit for it personally, for having <laughs> been the one who scouted him. He's also got a sick ginger flow, and I can't hate that. This is the first well, year yeah, that he's cause... played more than, like, a couple games, it seems. Oh, my God. Whoa, you're not kidding. His last... <laughs> Okay. Okay. Sorry. So <laughs> Seattle, Thun- Seattle Thunderbirds. Um, okay. So I'll start at the beginning. Spruce Grove Saints. 33 games played, 16 points. Not bad. But then he goes up to the WHL, plays seven games, one point. Next season, 18 games, two points, just both assists. And then all of a sudden this year explodes for 32 goals and 26 assists. So I don't know what the hell happened there, but... He was a plus 29, like 88 penalty minutes. Let's go. The, the, the other thing you got to look at, though, so it was two years ago was when he played his first handful of games in the WHL. Yeah, COVID. <clears throat> yep. So that would have been his first chance at getting in, just trying to break into the team. COVID shuts the league down. The year after that was just a crapshoot, no game, like little games, little practices. So this is why they said this draft is going to be nuts. You it, want to know why is. this draft's going to be nuts? Because Jack Hughes and Elias Pettersson are in this draft. That's why it's going to be fucking I'm nuts. sorry. There's an Elias Pettersson as well? Yes, there is. Are you kidding? <laughs> what? There's a glitch in the Matrix. There can't be. First, we've got the Sebastian Ajos. Now there's two Jack Hugheses and two Elias Petterson's. And on it's top not of like that. they can be named after, after each other because they're only like four years apart. And on top of that, you got, okay, we got it. Vote here because maybe the, maybe uh, maybe there's another name I'm missing. But besides fucking Rutger McGrody, <laughs> amazing name. What about uh, Jagger Furcus? <laughs> another amazing name. It looks like when you get to like season 27, 28 in NHL, and it starts just randomizing players' names. And you're like, that's not a human name. Bob's no Dugnut. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like no offense to these people, but the, it just doesn't. I don't know. It's funny. Pardon me for a second. I uh, cough. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Um, I mute my mic and you cough anyway. Are you kidding? <laughs> it's I, I was trying to find it, and, and shame on me. I haven't been able to find it, and I should have wrote it down when I saw it. But Dubis invited a handful of prospects to interview with the team a second time after the draft combine. And one of them was local Mississauga boy, Luca Del Bell Baluz. Pardon? Say that one again. <laughs> Luca Del Bell Baluz. Okay. So he's a six foot center and he's a, li- a little lighter right now, but you know, they're still young kids. But he's he's projected to go, I think, a little higher than twenty fifth. So I don't know if Dubis knows something that none of us do, and just invited him for a second interview just because, or if they think he's going to fall. So that's something to keep an eye on as well. Oh, fun fact here! I, uh, I found an article from uh, a friend and follower of the show, uh, Alex Hobson, of the Hockey Writers. So. Uh, his pick for Leafs first round 25th overall is Owen Beck of the Mississauga Steelheads. Know anything about this kid? I don't From know Port Hope. Fun. No way. <laughs> Shout out. While I was home for um, Canada Day, I got a picture of my buddy in his signed Justin Williams jersey. Shout out to Coburg. Yeah, Luca Del Bell Belouz. I just found it. Uh, with his, he's a teammate of his Owen Beck. Yeah, yeah. Beck's a little smaller. Um, I admittedly I don't know a ton about him. Um, not either. quite a point per game player this year, but definitely fits the bill for kind of what Dubis looks at typically, right? Fair enough. Okay. Um, moving on. Some fun news. We had uh, the Washington Capitals hired a new video coach uh, being the first female to hold any coaching position of any kind in the NHL. So congrats to Emily Engelnatsky for joining the, uh, the Washington Capitals. Super cool. I know I botched that trying to uh, turn my point form notes into a headline, but congratulations, (laughs) Emily. It's super cool. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I got a, a, like one of the, pop-up updates on my phone saying that capitals make and then had her name first female coach it was so clickbait man right i was like i did the same thing i I, I go awesome and then i see she's just like not just a video coach that sounds really bad but see that she's a video coach and my first thought was to tweet out at them you cowards come on make her the coach (laughs) but no i agree i had this the same reaction like i got the the notification that it said like caps hire first female coach in nhl history and i was like what are you serious? And then I open it and it says video coach. I'm like, you you knew what you were doing with that headline. You knew exactly what you were doing. Bait and switch. Of course they did. Again, not to take away from it. It's super cool. Um, this year we've had AGMs and scouts and video coaches, all kinds of talented women joining the ranks of the NHL. Um, but still, the uh, coaches are picked from the same pool over and over and over and over again. <laughs> whatever fucking reason and clearly so, not uh, enough talent for the uh, hockey hall of fame right they got two spots and they uh, can only manage to fill one what kind of a joke is that right like yeah I'm you want to talk about that 
I don't think I'm the most qualified. I'm just I'm just here as the sensationalist like uh, reporter standing outside the courthouse going filibuster, filibuster. <laughs> no, I'm uh, I'm just I, I was reading about it again. Like I'm not the biggest talkie hockey analyst here but i was reading about it and it just like seemed like something so silly and stupid that like again beaner is sitting here telling me that they got 18 people voting and they need 14 to get people in there and they got two spots to fill for uh the uh, like for the women's side of the hockey um hall of fame and it just thinks it just seems so silly that they wouldn't fill those two spots again like i understand how no one would want it to end up like the rock and roll hall of fame which like <laughs> you know a lot of the acts don't end up necessarily being what we would consider rock and roll but that's not the same thing exactly right like i can see how people would think that like oh we don't want to just fill some spots just because we have to it's like well it doesn't hurt right like you got two spots there's a lot of women who deserve to be in there and you know i just don't see how difficult it is to like like uh correct me if i'm wrong but it was was it uh was it is it Carolette that could have been voted on, or was it somebody else that could have been voted on? Again, I don't. I'm not the most knowledgeable Ka- here, so correct me if I'm I'm wrong. I, I just uh, I'm the one talking. So. Yeah, Carolyn Olette was eligible. Um, Jennifer, Jennifer Botterill, Botterill um, Megan Duggan. Like, so it's pretty much a snub if you think about it. Like, whether you like it or not, like it does feel that way. If you can put like those those women are all freaking deserving, right? Like that's there's not a single name there you kind of have doubt about. No, for They're context, we had deserving. Roberto Luongo, uh, Daniel and Henrik Sedin, Daniel Alfredson, and uh, women's star Rika Salonen and builders category Herb Carnegie added this year. Which, so, I mean, as far as like, the guys go, there's no contesting any of them, right? Like, those are all Hall of Fame players. <laughs> you can always contest whether both Sedin <laughs> brothers need to be, be in. Uh, okay, right? like, Bean, <laughs> which one do you want to pick out there? Which one are you going for should, that shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame? Uh, well, I will start with Alfredson, but I could argue for all of them. What the only the only two people that deserve to be in this class in the Hall of Fame are Herb, Car- Herb Carnegie and the one lone woman they put in. <laughs> okay, okay, interesting. Tell me more about Herb Carnegie, Beaner. <laughs> he, if he was born in any other time frame, he would have been an NHL superstar. He started breaking the color barrier in hockey and just couldn't go all the way. And he didn't really, okay, it sounds weird to say he paved the way for Willie O'Ree, but Willie O'Ree took the next step, right? Because that was yeah. my question for you is whether whether he can't, because I don't know the history, right? So I'm, I'm asking on the show because maybe there's people listening who also don't know, right? Because we always love to throw names around, but there's not many that history textbooks about hockey history, so... I was wondering if he came before or after uh, Willie O'Ree. He just never really made it. Well, so he was before, and the, at least the story that I've heard is that um, he was offered, he was coming up through the minors and was really good, and he was offered a contract with, I believe it was the Rangers, don't quote me on that, but it was just to be with their minor league team, and it wasn't as much as he would make signing with a different league, I forget which one, other than the NHL. So he never went to the NHL because he made more money elsewhere just because there weren't the opportunities for minority players to get paid the same amount uh, in the NHL. So um, he, Willie O'Ree says that he should have been the first one in the NHL, but uh, it kind of, it in a way, paved the way for Willie O'Ree to come up through all the same um, steps and then take the extra one to get into the NHL. Oh, yep. and I remember, now I remember, because so, I, 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 I knew I had one thing to talk about this, because I, I knew a little bit about Herb Carnegie. It was more about, like, 
Con Smythe, all right? I was going to say, like, I remember this because I did read about this. I didn't realize, you know, you hear so many things, but I didn't realize it was the same person. He he did say famously that he would have taken um, Carnegie if he could turn him white, which is like crazy, Yikes. crazy. Like that. <laughs> we have a, we have a wow. trophy he'd ever caught. I'm not kidding. He did say that. He <laughs> said he would he would take Carnegie any day of the week if he could, if he could turn him white. I, I'm not problematic I wish I people from history. Da, na, 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 na. And those were the times. Those were the times. Yep. And then again, Con Smythe, where do we know that name from? Hmm. Do, do, do. <laughs> not named after a trophy at all. Oops. What do you <laughs> Yeah, actually, they named Con Smythe after the Con Smythe trophy. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, so, Daniel Alfredson, by the way, I didn't. Uh, this kind of surprised me. Um, 1,246 games, 1,157 points. Almost at that point of game mark. So, uh, yeah, he, he took 1,200 games to get over to get that many points. Mcgillney played 990 and had 1,032 points. Yeah, I was surprised. McGillney was also a point of uh, game. McGillney was also a captain. McGillney was also at points in time the best player. On hit not only on his team but potentially in the league. How many players have scored seventy six goals in a season? Yeah, the fact that McGillney's not in is an absolute sham. McGillney won a Stanley Cup, and also, it is not the NHL Hall of Fame. It is the Hockey Hall of Fame. That's true. And Alexander McGillney is very likely the reason we have Ovechkin. The reason we had Pavel Bure why we have all these Russian players that we love to watch, Nikita Kucherov, uh, Vasilevsky, because McGillney put his and his family's lives on the line and defected to come over here during the, the, the height of the Soviet's powers. And it, it, it's, it sounds unfathomable to think that he would have had to put his life on the line to come over here and play hockey, but he, he had to, the, the, the stories of how some of these players came over and he was one of the first. And if you take, if, if you even take that about out and look at just the game portion of it before he came to the NHL and did what he did in the NHL, he was part of probably the best line in hockey playing for the Soviets. It's honestly Sorry. the, like the conversation gets had every year. Like why not McKelney? So there's gotta be something, something, right? Like, is it just because, well, you know, we're already past that. There was a window. We missed it. It it would be weird now really? to just do it. Guy Carboneau? Well, you know what I mean? Like, so then what is it? Like, it's it's just a mentality thing at this point. Well, he's not in now. It's, it's the fact that the, the whole voting process for the Hall of Fame is antiquated. Like, you have only 18 players vote, or 18 people voting on this. And there's no accountability. Nobody sees, nobody knows. Is it is it one person that says no? Yeah. And then that kiboshes it. Do you have someone in the room pitching every year for McGillney to go in and then, you know, a handful of people say no? Like, you bring up the point of only one woman getting in again. There, I think there's only a handful of women on the committee. Yeah, there's a, there's ten, a handful. Give 10 more spots to women who are in the game. Writers, broadcasters, players. Yeah. And why is it that with hockey, the things that are boring are made public and you have to know them. And the things that would actually be interesting to know how they work are all secret. Yeah. Like, it's it's, stupid. There's so many players. And like you look at Luongo. Yes, he won an Olympic gold medal. 
I'm just looking at his yes. stats, by the way. Uh, 1,044 games played, uh, 489 wins, 392 losses, uh, 91 OT, a 252 GAA, and a 919 save percentage. That is good, considering he played uh, some years with some not so good. He did play some years with some not so good, but he also accumulated a lot of those stats for longevity. Like, look at Cujo. Cujo has great numbers. Cujo was at times considered the best goalie in the NHL. Even with Wah, Hasek, Broder. Being named the best goalie in the NHL in a year is like winning best new artist. It's like you could be something next year and we could (laughs) never hear of you again. Like... (laughs) That's it's just the way it goes. I wonder if it's the fact like, that I feel like McGillney's like definitely. He's been, oh, go ahead, Beaner. Well, I was just going to say like Luongo definitely has the credentials to be in the conversation, but for everybody that's been kiboshing Cujo because he didn't win a cup, well, Luongo never won a cup. Right? Like, yeah, but I mean, they went to the finals. They had like a couple years of consistent uh, I mean like if you're going to wrap the Sedins in there they're talking about putting an era of the Vancouver Canucks in the Hall of Fame basically and then Luongo's Olympic performances too right like like yeah see I think they're they're trying to solidify the I mean it's the Hall of Fame right it's not the Hall of the greatest people that ever played the game I think as far as fame goes Like, Roberto Luongo was a massive name. Everybody in Canada knew who this guy was. Everybody in, like, it it was a household name as far as sports went for a long time. The Sedin Twins, that was fun. That brought something to watch that was entertaining to hockey. And I think part of it is just honoring the contribution to the overall game. And I think they've all brought something different, whether it's, you know, the Ottawa Senators coming back to life out of nowhere. And you got... Uh, Daniel Alfredson, who's leading this charge with uh, with young Spezza and, and Heatley to basically bring this nothing team in, you know, small town Ottawa out of the ashes. Like, I think it's just kind of commemorating what they all did during their careers, like in the context of the if, you know 2000s. If it's fame, Curtis Joseph is so famous. People who don't even watch hockey know him by not even his name, by just saying Cujo. Oh, yeah, that's happened to me before. People have said Cujo. I'm like, did you not just tell me that you don't watch hockey and you just called someone named Curtis Cujo? <laughs> like, how do you know that? Oh, well, that's, you know, just know that. It's like, what? okay. And, and as, crazy. A, as a hockey fan, that was weird to, to learn. It was like, wait, people just know Cujo, but have no, like, context for what that is. Well, Cujo came out, like, if you're, like, if you grew up in Toronto or I guess like even grew up uh, in Canada, you know, as a young impressionable kid around the n- late nineties, like his name came up a- often around the same time uh, Vince Carter's name was brought up. Right. Like that was a really cool era of Toronto sports. I think that was like the coolest era yeah. of Toronto sports before what we've been seeing the past since 2015. Right. So uh, like, of course, like Cujo is going to be a, a well recognized uh, name to people who don't even watch hockey. Right. But uh, necessarily, but I was going to say like a crazy hockey um, conspiracy theory, but I'm convinced that like, and I apologize to the family of Jack Campbell, but I'm convinced that Cujo secretly is dad because they, they, you put the, <laughs> put, 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 put side by side, they look oh, a hell of a lot alike. 
and uh, <laughs> you know, just saying. There's no, just saying. there's no way. But then again, everybody seems to look like Roscoe. <laughs> if you follow me enough on uh, on Instagram or Twitter, I find another another. You tag person. me as everybody. <laughs> everybody is like, Roscoe. Everyone that has apparently, a, you um, think I look like Bob Probert. You have a picture where you do kind of look like Probert a little bit, all right? Like, I know you haven't had sex with your billet mom, but, well, I don't know. I, I don't know that much about you being her. You know, you could have been a bit of a hound back in your days, but uh, Roscoe's anyone secretly with, a lizard person, though, all right? He's everybody. <laughs> Watch Anyone out. with slightly red hair, anyone with a full beard and mustache is me. It's like, yeah. God damn. Um, okay, so let's move on here real quick. Um just beginning of the I didn't I didn't get to put together the whole thing because it was kind of a mess. We were just starting the show and we wanted to do a preseason preview and we were trying to get the three of us, uh Sethi and um and Steph and I together, but that was tough. So I tried to compile it, but eh, I kinda remember. So I just want to say that before the season started, I said that the Ottawa Senators were gonna have a good year. Um I did say Montreal was gonna suck, but I didn't think they'd come in dead last. That was a shock. Um but I think otherwise we kind of called, I mean, the East was pretty easy to call. I mean, I could go back and listen and we probably said that like the Islanders and Detroit were going to be good, but I don't know. The only one I said that was going to be good that wasn't was Ottawa and they had some flashes of it, but my God, did they have a bad season again? Do you remember any of your early season takes on who was going to be decent? Cause I was listening back and I know Steph was excited about, uh, the prospect of Seattle and uh, Morgan Geeky, and uh, they were fucking bad. I I assumed that Seattle was going to do a hell of a lot better than they did because Edwin everything kind of well, not only that, everything <laughs> kind of added up, right? Like if you look at the division, it looked like the weakest division in the league. Oh yeah. So aside from Vegas, pretty much it looked like that was the division that there was a spot to be had. Um, and they came in last in their in their division. Yeah, really, Much I don't think there was Macklemore and uh, Marshawn Lynch. I think <laughs> <laughs> I forgot they bought in on that man. Um, Calgary, I didn't see winning the Pacific over Edmonton. Um, I didn't see LA coming third there with Vegas. No, that fourth. was a surprise. Like I, I thought they would be better, but I didn't think they'd. If they made it, I thought it'd be in a wild card. Philip Deneau, man. It's a key piece. Um, San Jose, ugh, that team's got to figure their shit out. Anaheim's hey, they might, they might get a Vander Kane. I heard he's, yeah, they, he's been on a tear. <laughs> could get a Vander Kane back. Or get pieces from the Oilers in exchange to keep him. Like, it's insane. Um, Colorado, diff- I mean, I think they were favored to win the cup at the beginning of the season i don't know if i picked them too I don't, i'd have to find who i said was going to i wish i had it but uh, i Arizona didn't envision <laughs> i didn't envision florida winning the president's trophy no florida was a surprise um same with minnesota and st louis um i didn't expect them to be the uh best of the central there behind colorado but yeah I think everybody else kind of landed where they should have, middle of the pack or bottom. It was a, and that was kind of what we talked about all year. There was the haves and have nots. So, except I feel like our Leafs predictions were like, I think, like, did, I don't think anybody expected us to, um, 
uh, like Austin Matthews, 60 goals. I don't no. think, but yeah, nobody expected that. We expect him to do well. Like I, were we, I, I assume we assume, I assume we uh, thought he was going to get another rocket or going to be in the race for it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we talked about him being in the race for it, but I think there was a ton of talk that, you know, it was going to be heavily contested and uh, <clears throat> he kind of ran away with it at the end. He, he definitely did. Uh, Boston, I said this is going to be the year that they start to dip, and I think that kind of came true. They still made the wild card spot, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Interesting year this shaped out to be. Um, next up, let's hand out the Leafs Late Night LLN Awards, or as Darty has dubbed them, what was it? The Lennies. The Lennies. These are the Lennies, guys. So um, a couple months ago, Steph and I came up with these to hand out at the end of the year. Um, and I'm going to ask you guys for your takes on them. I've got some tabs open here to help us out. So brrr, first up, we have uh, the Big Cheese Award for the biggest rat in the league. This <laughs> so who finished the year off with just the most punchable face? Biggest rat. Honorary mention is always Marshawn. I mean, yeah, but I think he he had some competition this year for a change. Oh, yeah. Would we not agree that uh, Tony D'Angelo, <laughs> if he's not winning, yeah. he's up there? <laughs> we had D'Angelo. We had Benner. There was uh, water bottle name Benner. on um, on Winnipeg. Um, Man, it feels um, great Stan- to beat the Logan Leafs. Stanley. <laughs> yeah, Stanley. I mean, most of the Winnipeg Jets, like Shifley and Pionk, and yeah. Um, Evander Kane. <laughs> I mean, who do, you, who do you want to give it to? Bunting? Kadri? You can go first, Dirty. <laughs> you know, I'm going to say, just because like when we, when we refer to like, we always refer to Marshan as a rat, right? And I think Marshan sets the standard of what we consider a rat, right? These days. And the one thing that Marshan is good at is, is being freaking good too right and i feel like um d'angelo was criminally underrated because of the situation of being benched in uh new york and a people a lot of people forgot that that guy literally before he was benched had a six goal game or some shit or some six point game so um i'm gonna give it to d'angelo because like he is it by definition like he's a pretty freaking good player still it was very clear and uh He's still an absolute piece of human garbage. <laughs> so, fun fact, Brad Marchand tied for 16th uh, in the league for penalty minutes, uh, just above Wayne Simmons, who finished 18th. He had one more penalty minute than Wayne Simmons. Um, who do you think finished the season with the most? Most Pims? The most penalty minutes in the league? Yeah. Um, or see if you can guess somebody in the top five. Guess someone in the top five. Um, this is just trying to go off the top of my head. Perry. Uh, funny enough, no, because he didn't, I don't think, play enough <laughs> during the season <laughs> before the playoffs to get uh, that many penalty minutes. Are there any takes? You know, it's so funny. I know <laughs> I know it's wrong, but for some reason, the only name, like, I was having a complete loss of words. The only name that is coming to my mouth is Semyon Varlamov. <laughs> <laughs> and I know it's wrong, but it's I had to say it because it's hilarious. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, this Secretly season, just racking up these pims in the net. <laughs> just 
<laughs> oh my god okay he's he just can't stay out of the trapezoid he's tripping people punching people no uh so matt borowacki uh had 151 penalty minutes of the national predators in Oro 57 Cup. games Oro Cup. he's a beauty 57 games then uh we've got a so this is the other one i want to touch on at six who is this guy on san jose jay veal Jeffrey Veal. I've never heard of this person before. He played 34 games, total of five points, 114 penalty minutes. I'm sorry, what? How do you have 114 penalty minutes in 34 games? Like, what does that work out to? Um, 114 divided by 34. That's literally 3.35 penalties per penalty minutes per game. So he's good for... A one and a half penalties a game. That is nuts. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, well, it, filling out well, the top well, five by the, before we move on. <laughs> Pat Maroon, Tanner Janot, uh, Duheim on Minnesota, and Brady Kachuk. So there's your uh, there's your biggest defenders in the in the hundreds. Um, so biggest rat beaner. What do you think? Or sorry, did, Darty, did you give one? Yeah, I said I I picked D'Angelo. Yeah, Varlamov, right? No, no, <laughs> I did say D'Angelo. I, I did have a bit of right. A... Okay, so D'Angelo, good pick, uh, Beaner. It, I wouldn't necessarily classify him as a rat, but with you said he was the most most punchable face. I gotta say Brady. Brady Kachuk, like, absolutely. He, he he looks like that character from the Goonies. Like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Um, for me, it's a toss up between, uh, Benner and Pat Maroon mm. just because mm-hmm. every time the Leafs played, I felt like I was tweeting something along the lines of ultra Maroon from Looney Tunes. <laughs> like when Bugs is like, what an imbecile, what an ultra Maroon that might actually be from three Stooges. I don't know. It's something from like the forties. <laughs> what is Mel Blanc? You know, he, he... Right? but uh yeah every time i see him i'm I'm mad and then bitter was just funny to to watch his antics all season so i'm gonna say pat maroon but i i do i do like that darty you kind of set the the bar at like were they a bigger rat than marchand maybe not maybe i'm just kind of discrediting him because he's just so good and is such a pain in the ass that i don't want to give it to him (laughs) i just think it's funny ross uh, roscoe that you um you always like you. You always bring up uh, Bennington. I like that just because like Jordan Bennington is he's an, an anomaly. Like he's very Patrick Waugh esque when it comes to his personality. Probably not necessarily his skills in net, uh, at least uh, as of late. But uh, I was gonna say like it, um, it, seeing uh, Jordan Bennington out there slowly de-escalate from being like this like um, pride and joy of St. Louis to to what he became as a bottle throw. It's like like it's funny I, I look at like pictures of jordan bennington like when he's coming into the league this young fresh faced kid and now the, i'm he's, just happy to be here jordan bennington and now he's very like matt murray-esque when you see him like <laughs> like just uh, <laughs> they do kind of look alike too um but yeah Benner's uh, an interesting one any athlete with a ring and an unpredictable personality is always entertaining like they just they go off the rails man um oh, so yeah. so biggest rat we all kind of collectively handed them out we'll do that for all of them um now the um we couldn't figure out whether to call this the chelios or the solani this is for best 35 plus player of the year 
Hmm. Who do you think was the best uh, best veteran this season? Spezza. Yeah, Spezza, really? I don't. I mean, he had some flashes of it, but like, eh, it's tough. Um, I'm gonna check points here. Who's gonna do it by age? Yeah, I think you can. Um, hmm. I gotta well, go with thirty-five Ovi. plus, really. Like, here, thirty-five plus year old players, NHL regular season stats. Okay, I gotta go with Ovi. He's older than thirty-five now, man. Like, I just think yeah, he's, man. Yeah, it's crazy. Th- All right, like that's wild to think about because I'm still, I still think of him and uh, and Sid the kid as like you know no more than 29 years old. I'm sorry. It's just, it's the way I view them in my head. Ovi's 36 and he had 50 goals and 40 assists. Oh, there you go. All right. So that's why I was wrong. I, I was assuming like, we're talking like fossils, like Joe Thornton, right? Like, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that that's kind of what's implied by the Chelios. That's Solani award. Cause they played for some fucking, long. I guess, I guess it was the Yager award to be different. Right. Unless you're talking. Purely. Yeah. He could, I can throw him in there too. It's just that he, did he? I don't think he played in the. No, well, he was like forty-five, still in the NHL, wasn't he? When he came back, yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. He did come back too. Um, I'm just looking through the old guys that played this year. I'm gonna have to give it to. Um. Oh, Mike Smith. Why would we not give it to Mike Smith? The guy's forty years that, old. Yeah. Him and Craig Anderson are like number three and four of the oldest guys in the league right now. I think Mike Craig Smith Anderson turned most... it into another contract. Yeah, you know what? He's going on LTIR next year. He's not going to play again. Mike Smith, congratulations! You got the Lenny for <laughs> our uh, for the Chelio Salani Award. You had a fantastic playoff showing, and uh, you know, age is just a number. Not to just push things He's... though, right? Like if we had to, like, like just so you guys know, like the reason I keep pushing Mike Smith on this is because is he did he not make it the furthest out of all these guys? Like, like he made it further yeah. than Ovi, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Like playoffs wise, so is there anybody else as old as him that, that made it that far in the uh, the playoffs, like that we could debate this with? Um, I don't like, think so. Played as well as he did. No, Duncan Keith was with him, and he's a year younger. He was kind of irrelevant. And then um, Dustin Brown's, yeah, a couple years younger. So yeah, he was the oldest one. It's only the only ones older than him are Thornton and Chara. Is Chara still playing? Or is he done? No, he was on. Uh, he was on the island this year. Back where he started. I mean, like, is he like next year? You think he's? Oh, I don't know. I think he'll be done. I think uh, I don't see why. I mean, what did he play? Seventy-two games, fourteen points, two goals, eighty-five penalty minutes. I don't know. That's. Yeah, they might hire him. I think they pull a Spezza. He joins the front office, with like the Bruins or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as uh, their bouncer. <laughs> 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 He, uh, yeah, he just carries the whole front office in. Um, so going off of the, uh, you know, the Ballon d'Or, the, uh, for like the best, I think it's for the best forward in soccer or something. I don't know what it actually is for. I, it's, I it's, look. it's basically their heart trophy, I believe. Is it here? It's, um, honors male player deemed to have performed the best over. Yeah. So it's like the MVP award. 
So um, we're doing um, the opposite of that. This is called the uh, Colton Dar or the Colton Dar <laughs> for um, least effective over the most minutes played. So we're going to do you this. You could have called it the Jake Gardner. <laughs> we can do this leaf specific or we can do this league wide, but I do have a pick for leaf specific. Um, Beaner, you got one? I have one, but I'm going to let you go first. So, so least effective per minutes played. Yeah. Ooh. Um, yeah, you'll have to give me a minute on this one. You know what, Roscoe, this is the first time ever where you've asked me like a, like questions like this where they're kind of like in-depth analysis kind of questions and i actually have like <laughs> astute i guess answers because um i'm going with yandel all right because up until like he was benched go. finally Ooh, like nice was, one was he not was he not like the most useless like player out there but next to i feel like duncan keith is pretty useless too like for his price tag but I just want to say, I guess there's so much spotlight on Yandel that I'm going with Yandel. Yandelay Industries. Yandelay Industries. Oh my god, that's amazing. I love a good Seinfeld joke, man. Uh, um, that's a good pick. What do you think, Beaner? You have one yet? Um, I'm probably going to have to go with... Ah. Uh, Maybe Zach Sanford. It's kind of kind of off the wall. There's there's a, a handful of them. Like Sanford played eighty games, minus fifteen, only had twenty points. You could do like a Lucic or like a Tyler Myers, you know, someone who's just completely fair, completely fallen off the face of the earth. So those are all good picks. I was looking just at the leaves for this one because I didn't know how we were going to do this when I prepped it. Um, and there were two names that I don't feel good about, like throwing them under the bus. But it's Wayne just it's Wayne just Simmons. how the numbers don't worked out. Wayne it's Simmons. not Wayne Simmons. <laughs> it's not Wayne Simmons. Do you know who I'm going to say? Well, Peter would say played? Justin Hall just because. He's <laughs> and he'd be glad to throw him under the bus too. So I'm going to preface this with: there are only four players on the team that played 82 games this season. Four, and this person is one of them. Kerfoot. Uh, that is a good actually. Kerfoot is one of them. Here, see if you can pick the four that, that didn't miss a game. Kerfoot's one. Oh Jesus, Kerfoot. Um... Lilligren. Brody. Brody. Two. Kerfoot Brody. Um, did we Marner play all 82? What's that? Did Marner play all 82? Um, Marner played 72. He had his uh, teeth knocked out. I think he missed some for that. And he had another injury somewhere. Kerfoot Brody. Um... Engvall? No. Um, so ah. close. He played 78. So Morgan Riley. Was, I say Riley's probably up there, yeah. Was one. And the last one, you will never fucking guess this. David Kampf played all 82 games of the season. All of them. I guess because Kasha was injured, you always assume that they're like, you know, a, a package deal when it comes to <laughs> injuries mentally. So David Kampf in 1,252 minutes on the ice... Had a total of 26 points. 
15 assists and 11 goals and 20 penalty minutes. It's not anything to be mad about. It's the fact that he played every single game of the season. <laughs> the other one is Justin Hull, who played just a bit more than him and had 23 points. So um, everybody around them in the time on ice category has over 50 points at least. So, But how, how many does Hall have when you factor in how many times he directly resulted in a goal against the Leafs? Funny enough, Justin Hall finished the year plus 14, David Kampf plus 12. This is my point. I think just looking at the numbers and blinding myself from ever having watched a game this season because I did love the campfire so many times. Um, time on ice versus production. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> so used a little skating, more, yeah. skating around. Right? Like, that's what I just... Come on. Come on. And I'm sure if you break it down his like versus his actual time that he's on the ice, he's pretty productive. But it's just... When you see that 82 games versus those points, come on. Buddy. How, how much of that was penalty kill, though? That's fair. Um, see if I can check it. I probably can't, but... Because he, he was basically our Bergeron, right? Like, he, he did all the defensive zone face-offs and penalty kill. He was our shutdown guy. Yeah, it says... Um... Offensive point shares, 0.1. Defensive point shares, 1.6. So, however that works out. I don't know. He had a decent shooting percentage. I'm not trying to knock on David Kampf. I'm just... No, I know. You're not kind of David Kampf there, Roscoe. I am, a little bit. Um, Okay, so last one. uh, or We got two more here. Second last one. Keeping up with the Martin Jones's award. So, this is uh, worst save percentage with 30-plus games played. (laughs) So there are two people that are competing with. Uh, I'll just let instead of guessing here, we'll just uh, we'll leave it up to the actual numbers. We had Eunice Corposalo, uh, who in uh, how many games was this? Oh, I said thirty plus, but whatever. He played twenty two games. I was gonna say he was injured a lot, if if I remember correctly. Uh, a four point one five GAA and a eight 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 seventy seven save percentage. Jeez, um, fall from grace. Sam Montembeau from Montreal here. Uh, we had a 892 with a 377. <laughs> woof. And uh, <laughs> f- f- woof. Pause your girlfriend. Woof. Um, who was the other one I had here? Oh, um, Carol Vamelka. Poor guy. 368 with an 898 in 52 games played. Oh, if we're going to throw back but, to like uh, but, but predictions. Do you know, do you know who first... was? Oh, go, go Beaner. Do you know who was the worst, though, Roscoe? Thomas Grice. Grubauer. Grubauer. 889. Old Gruby. Yeah, where is Grubauer on this list? Grubauer, 889. Yeah, but he had a 316. I'm looking at their GAA. I should go by uh, my save percentage. If, if you're doing the award for save percentage, you can't sort your stats by I, goals against I, average. I Are you using really... ESPN again? No, I'm looking at quanthockey.com. <laughs> Okay, sorry, it's late. Um, He's using yeah, CNN. The CNN worst. <laughs> okay, so no, you're right. So if I sort it by that way, Philip Grubauer and uh, I, I was close. Thomas Grice was right behind him, Crazy and then uh, Kevin Lankin and Sam Montembeau. So poor Thomas Grice, 31 games played with an 891 and 366 goals against. Like, I think he was kind of worse than Grubauer. Like, 
okay, really? Let's break it down. Thomas Grice was playing for the Detroit Red Wings, not an expansion team. I think that's kind of worse, don't you? Battle of the German I, goalies. For did you say worst Carol Vimelka, who was also league. on that team, if I remember correctly, right? Or am I wrong? No, Vimelka was on Arizona. He was on Arizona? Oh, sorry. I'm getting my shithole team but, wrong now. I know. But sorry, Johnny. Grubauer played 50 games. Grice played third, like okay, 55 and 31. But Grubauer allowed 72 more goals. Oh. In 24 okay. more games. But again, expansion team, right? That's what happens when expansion teams suck. Like, I'm trying to give them a bit of a pass for that because, like, uh, what's his, what was he last year? I'm, I'm not because he pulled the flurry. Okay. And he was going to be the savior. Last year, in 40 games with the Avs, he was 195 GAA and 922 save percentage. That's why I struggle to give it to Grubauer. Meanwhile, uh, Thomas Grice, eh, 912 and a 270. See, this is the first year that they've been this bad, man. Both teams sucked. You know what? You guys can share it. <laughs> you can share it. Take it back to Germany with both both of you. We're, we're basing this off of 30 games, you said? I said 30 or more games played, so. Yeah, well, you know what? Screw that. Peter Morazic's going on my shit list, too, all right? And you can all both agree with me because I'm forcing you to. And I don't yeah. think I have to make you do it. <laughs> he he had a worse save percentage than both of them and worse goals against, so. <clears throat> but he only played 20 games. <laughs> he, was, he was only marginal. He's like, if you look at the list here, uh, if you break it down by just, if you're doing, if you're doing just uh, save percentage overall, um, he's only one ahead of Eric Schalkren. <laughs> <laughs> that's gotta hurt man on oh, poor uh connor ingram <clears throat> went really high on this list with his few games played and harry Sateri's on here too man we're just okay anyway last award this is the um the john ferguson jr award for worst trade of the season slash off season going into this year um this one was a little harder what do you guys think uh because mine were a toss-up between there was the um the weird ones in the summer like where philadelphia got rasmus ristolainen from buffalo in exchange for hag <clears throat> a first and two no a first and a second and ristolainen was just awful with them um you got st louis getting pavel buchnevich from the rangers for sammy blay and a second rounder and buchnevich went on to have a fantastic year um, and then the Oliver Ackman Larson Connor Garland thing with the Coyotes for Erickson Beagle and Roussel that just didn't seem to pan out at all for Vancouver. Those that, are that one was ones. pretty much all salary cap reasons, though, right? Like that wasn't. Well, it was, but they were also hoping to get something out of OEL because they've been going after him for years, and he was not good. Well, that, that's because they knew the Sedins were back in town, and they figured. All the Swedes, right? Yeah. Um, also, the um, <clears throat> the uh, deadline Claude uh, Giroux trade from the Pan uh, Panthers was a little much, I still think. Okay. So, I mean, we'll so we're see talking how about worst trades, correct? Out. Like, I just want to make sure because I'm getting some uh, in and out uh, audio. Yeah. Here. Worst trades of la like last summer into now. Okay. Um, and it's tough because we obviously don't know how some of these will pan out. But, I mean, 
we can see that some teams didn't win the cup after selling or so buying. So you could depends on how you measure worst trader, right? Because if you're talking about value, uh, you know, in versus out, like who's getting fleeced, that's one way. But if we're talking about worst trades in the sense of like, how the fuck did you even make this trade? Uh, would it not go to a unanimously, a unanimously the Evgeny Dadanov trade? <laughs> because it is absolutely oh, you know what? the worst trade You're ever right. but it didn't this season. Happen. Because, but the thing is, because someone tried it, right? It's not that it didn't like it was. It was a legitimate trade, and the fact that like it's like someone had attempted it without even reading the fucking you know the clauses. Her- Harold Harold Ballard tried to trade the Maple Leafs for the Oilers and he was going to make it the Toronto <laughs> Oilers and the Edmonton Maple Leafs. Like it, it he so tried, but it still didn't happen. Like It's like, it's like that one meme where it's like uh, minutes before this post was made and some guy's smoking a crack pipe. It's like, yeah, like who, like you think that Vegas, this like, you know, absolute golden child for, uh, Oh, pun intended for the, uh, um, for Gary, uh, for Gary Batman, you'd think that like they would, know their shit before they make a stupid ass trade like that also know your shit no. or know your shit also the, the worst trade? trades would be the oh, sorry beaner go for it travis hamannick go on oh okay that one was dumb too but the golden knights trading flurry for a bag of fucking pucks absolutely there you go oh 100 100 there were some bad ones man or maybe Evander Kane for I was just question mark that. question mark question mark we have no idea what we're doing question mark exclamation point oh that, that wasn't a trade they just traded they just loaned him to Edmonton for the playoffs it's basically a trade now because the what are you saying they're gonna get like if it doesn't work out then they have to Edmonton's got to give him a couple pieces uh pieces of silver <laughs> pieces of eight. <laughs> oh, what about Duncan Keith for Caleb Jones and a draft pick <laughs> But but who who is that worse for Holland or Davidson? It's, well, I think that's it's just the worst trade because it was stupid for both <laughs> of them. It makes absolutely no sense. Nobody can make sense of this trade. Even the league it, it is were... like we're just. I know that the Oilers by the book should get a cap recapture from this if the Blackhawks bottom out, but um, we're not going to because we don't want the rule to work that way. So this team, this like whatever financial things backdoor things they planned on this trade being a win for even those don't happen so <laughs> i think this is a big <laughs> l but but chicago succeeded though they got that cap off their book or that salary off their cap hit right but if edmonton buys him out don't chicago blackhawks also owe him money oh yeah just like if montreal or now vegas were to buy out weber the previous teams who have paid that contract have to pay penalties like Vancouver's paying a penalty for Luongo because right. Luongo retired early. Right. Okay. If we're talking about historical, you know, everybody on Twitter thinks that the, the Kerfoot Barry Codry trade is now a absolute dumpster fire of a trade, even though no one wants to, you know, it's like grass is greener on the other side. Uh, That's because that, hindsight's 2020. Yeah, right? of course. And had they been able to offload Kadri for um, TJ Brody, we probably wouldn't be that mad about it. But that trade mm-hmm. got shot down by Kadri. So this is what we ended up with. Tyson Berry would have probably fit if we didn't already have Morgan Riley. Um, 
goddamn yeah. Leafs history, Leafs Twitter and their revisionist history. Of course, always. We should have kept Freddie Anderson. We should have kept Nazem Kadri. We should have kept everybody. No one should have ever been allowed to leave. But we also shouldn't have traded that first round pick for Tom Curvers, okay? <laughs> Look, there's a lot of moves we can be pissed off about, but there's some that you just don't like <laughs> know that they had to happen at the time. Um, finally here, what about this? Um, what are the rumors around the Leafs right now? Float. We got Max Domi's name floating around. Um, Domi. Um, there's players that either aren't getting qualified or aren't re-signing that are testing free agency. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Dubas makes a run at Ethan Bear. He never really fit in in Carolina, but he was pretty decent when he was on the Oilers. Um, I'm going to butcher Tyler his name. Tyler Bozak, apparently. <laughs> I don't see him coming back. Oh, um, uh, Valerie Nachushkin. Uh, apparently, Valerie Nachushkin. Leafs can't afford him. Eh, There's I no mean, way. We'll not, not with what he did in the playoffs. I heard some rumors about uh, some rumblings about possibly something with uh, New Jersey Devils as well, uh, looking at uh, Mackenzie Blackwood. Well, yeah, if you trade the rights to Campbell um, along with maybe you move the rights to Mikheyev to them too. Give, that's him, bit... give him the rights to Campbell and throw in Justin Hall. <laughs> yeah, maybe there's a thing there. They can make a, a decent... Oh, maybe they get the second pick overall. No, they wouldn't do that. But um... Hey, I called it in our group chat. If Montreal picks Shane Wright, Duba swings for the second pick to get Slavkovsky. If he does it, I would fucking scream. But <laughs> in the second round, that would mean that New Jersey ha- still picks second, right? So even if you get a second rounder from them, it's still basically like an extended first round pick. Depending on how you look at it, you could also look at 25th as a early second round pick, but you know, in, in, in all likelihood, in all likelihood, unless there's someone who drops dramatically in the board, I could really see Dubis turning the 25th into like two early seconds or something like that. Yeah, because I mean, what's the difference at that point between 25 and like 36, 34? Right. Like, yep. Maybe he well, some, and then uh, you, and then in fifteen years you go back and look at them and you go, oh my god, I can't believe we gave up the pick that became, uh, mishmash. Fun, funny story how you guys said you thought that was a fake name. Did you ever hear of former Leafs coach and GM Punch Imlac? What he did when he was GM of the Sabers in '74? Nah, what did he do? What did Punch do? So. He's he was a eccentric person to say the least, um, and at this point in time, the amateur draft was eleven, like eleven or twelve rounds, and it was all done by telephone. So okay, he okay. was he was so fed up at how slow and tedious the whole thing was, he got a hold of the public relations director for the Sabers asked him what the Japanese translation for Sabre is. And with his 11th round pick, he took the Buffalo phone book, he found a Japanese name, and he made a player up and drafted them. Oh my good God. <laughs> saying, saying that they played for the Tokyo Katanas. The Tokyo Katanas. <laughs> that is so genius, though. Yep. So, Taro um, Sujimoto. 
was a fictional ice hockey player that Punch Imlock drafted with his 11th round pick in the 74 draft. Oh my God. Ah, the things that they used to be able to get away with before the internet, right? But you know Where what? you can just look up the person's name and go, um, that's not a person. I have it right here. They don't exist. <laughs> they go, well, we tried. But I was going to say, like, maybe maybe Dubis is so smart that he can convince, like, if he drafts correctly, he can convince people that he has Jack Hughes and Elias Pettersson. And he can use that, calling this major bluff, to get some really good players for them. Like, <laughs> Dubis has given us Pettersson and Hughes. <laughs> I didn't even know the fucking Leafs had them. <laughs> that would be fucking genius. <laughs> Uh, side note, Mikheyev, where do we think he's going and for uh, how much? He's asking for four. Well, realistically, everybody's going. Everybody who can't stay with the Leafs is going to Edmonton, right? Like Campbell's going there apparently. and I hear New so, Jersey all the time too. I don't know. I, I don't everybody's know going everywhere until the one person goes there and then every other rumor falls apart. Like a hundred mm-hmm. people can't be going to one team, but they all are until the first one does. Then it's a shit show free for all. Everybody's going to Tampa and they're going to fit them on the LTIR and then they'll show up to spank us in the playoffs. Right. Yep. We can yeah. just get all of this. Um, all of our, uh, our, I mean, we call ourselves Leafs late night. So we would kind of have the freedom to not censor ourselves that much, but, uh, you know, just give ourselves a little creative freedom. Um, however, our next, I will just get it all out th- tonight. I got to check the rules on everything, but starting, I can announce it now. Cause I got the news starting with our second season. We are going to be officially part of the inside the rink podcast and, uh, hockey network. Um, they do all kinds of things on their website as far as, uh, covering, uh, hockey news and um, from the NHL and the PHF news insights and analysis. Uh, they represent podcasts for all different teams, be it the um, Golden Knights, the Kraken, the Rangers. There's all kinds of different uh, shows. So we'll be able to feature people from the network that uh, everybody has access to. And um, we'll be on other shows as well. And uh, throw in some writing up too. So we'll have a website that goes along with Leafs Light Night where we'll be able to post entire articles. So Everything is going to be picking up fun things. <laughs> I just imagine Beaner has this like well thought out, like 30 page essay on like, you know, some some sort of uh, implications of the 1974 draft. And then me, I just have like uh, like a like a crude drawing of like Jack Campbell and like, you know, out of <laughs> like crayons, <laughs> like, like I heart Jackie. <laughs> See, we could bring the dartboard back and do it as a whole article. Look at that. I have a quick question for you folks. It's a, kind of a strange one. Do you guys know anything about what's going on with uh, Ivan Fedotov right now? Do you even know yeah, who that he, is? Uh, <laughs> he was accused of dodging his military responsibilities in Russia. Oh. And he was detained. He's a goalie prospect for the Flyers. And pretty much everything's kind of gone dark since then from what we've seen he is in a hospital and he was initially they were reporting that he was going to ukraine and then that he wasn't going to ukraine but he's going to jail and then now the last couple things that i've seen they in 
injected him with things. So yeah, it's not looking too good. So um, we've got everybody questioning whether we let Russia into things. And then we've got on the flip side, um, people calling for Canada or Hockey Canada to uh, cancel the World Juniors. So uh, fun time for kids to play hockey. Why can't we all just get along and handle harassment appropriately? Speaking of kids and, and hockey, as, as, as much as I don't want to rip on the kid because he's going through health problems right now, maybe Dubis messed up taking Amirov? I mean, how do you... Because it, if, it, if you look at who went a couple spots after him, you had Braden Schneider. Uh-huh who is a beast of a right-handed shooting defenseman coming up for the New York Rangers. See, just saying, I mean, how do you know though? Like, how do you, how do you predict? You you don't, but, and and like everybody says, well, yeah. And everybody says like, Oh, you know, you can't draft what you need now because they're, you know, they're not going to be ready now. Well, that was 2020. And, he looked good playing for the Rangers this year. That's not that long ago. No. And, uh, like, a lot of the guys coming up right now are uh, getting younger and younger by the time they're reaching the NHL. That's why I always question the Leaf system where it's like, look, we have – I know goalies take longer, but I feel like guys stay in the Leaf system for years before we see them start to poke their heads through. It's like they're 23 or something by the time, you know. And I feel like we've missed the window. So, I don't know tough when you're spending so much money to keep a couple guys on the top end like we always say but hopefully this year like we talked about it a couple shows ago that they uh, test out some of these rockets they got in the uh in the pool but you know what folks i was talking about this with you uh before the podcast uh was that uh leafs uh, back in 2012 uh, could have easily drafted uh andre vasilevsky or uh, tom wilson but they could have also have easily have drafted Cody CC and uh, Malcolm Subban. So, you know, there's. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And what did we get? Riley? We got Morgan Riley. All right. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes uh, it might not always work, but uh, hey, at least not Neil Yakupov. Right. So. <laughs> mm. By the way, shout out to uh, what was it? UFC TV that says that Austin Matthews is now captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Wait, I think what? he technically is right. Like. He's an alt, oh, is he not? You did, you didn't see them have captain of the Leafs underneath his name oh, when I they showed a picture that. of him they there did, with Joe did. Thornton. Oh my god, no! What was that picture? Oh, was that the picture? That must be that where that picture's from. That's what I was thinking too. So my girlfriend sends me this picture from uh, from Reddit, and it's this one of Joe Thornton and Austin Matthews, and he's wearing like a white polo with a a bucket hat and it says fisherman rescues castaway stranded on desert island for years <laughs> if i didn't know who either of those people were i would a thousand percent believe that headline like the only reason my girlfriend didn't she's like this is austin matthews isn't it i don't know who the other guy is but that's definitely austin <laughs> matthews. if you told me those were the chain smokers i would have believed you <laughs> that's dubs actually dubs <laughs> they're from like orangeville ah well you know what thanks everybody for um a fantastic season one of leafs light night it's been full of learning and adventure and 
new friends and um and and learning <laughs> swearing too all right if you're a luke man listening in i apologize for all the fun new words your uh child or children have been learning i do know you're from australia though if i'm not mistaken and they use the c word like it's going out of style so <laughs> See, and fair but and just the fact that i mean the three of us can hop on here and talk about hockey for an hour and a half and reference somebody by on a first name basis who's in australia it just goes to show how crazy this whole process and this world of future tech and podcasting is like i it's been fun getting to know you guys over the year i appreciate it thanks for thanks for, for having joining me, me on this yeah. and joining us right we had like didn't uh was it sarah underscore wa or whatever joined us at one point and uh yeah and uh marty zilstra i don't know who that guy is don't ever bring that bum back on this show marty zilstra yeah and <laughs> we've got a couple people lined up for uh, the beginning of season two which is fun gonna try and uh, reach out like i mentioned in our discord to uh a ex player from the 80s and 90s because that would be interesting it's <laughs> like who's gonna bring his ex on <laughs> yeah bringing my ex girlfriend to talk of hockey and how my love for the leafs was detrimental to our relationship uh, <laughs> it's like maury povich <laughs> leafs late night season two all right it's raw, you are raw and raunchy not if, if... the stanley cup curse I if anything, she it was. Should... I'm sorry. <laughs> if if anything, it should help your relationship status because it shows how ridiculously loyal you are. Right? See, I don't I don't switch jerseys. I only need one team, baby. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> baby, come back. This is going down a dark path. Welcome to Leaves Late Night. That's see, that's the whole point. We get it's late night. That was my whole idea behind the uh, the name. I still cannot believe that I typed it in and it was available, and I grabbed it on everything immediately. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you everybody from uh, like we said, Sarah and Luke Man, and um, everybody out there in the Discord. We've got Sky Blue and and Scott and it just Bobby I could start naming names and Bobby Gosh. Not and, Bobby Gosh, uh, you rat. <laughs> Snizzle Bonehead and, and Maple Leaf Fan and uh, Victoria, who made us some awesome stickers we gave away. And just, I could name people, but I'm going to forget people, so I should probably stop. At, um, uh, Dirty Burger but everybody that and, supported uh, us. and Justin Bean. And, <laughs> and you guys. And Steph and, and Sadi. And yeah, shout like out to, to Steph, thank. the fanalist, and Sadi, who are probably secretly like running some sort of gambling ring and coming up with phony excuses as to why they can't come on here. Cause... They're going to launch some podcast that they've been secretly shopping around to like networks behind our back. It's all about gambling. All right, can we shout out Sadi for absolutely being a true legend? Like this guy, like literally kicked our asses. All right. Like Bean, you had a good run there. Roscoe, you, me, and Steph all kind of were. We were on the mediocre wagon, but Suddy just kicked ass during our little uh, our little Stanley Cup betting. He just did not have a round where he failed. He's he was yeah. amazing. He got almost every team in the right amount of games. Like it's crazy. Ugh. So, uh, like I, I've mentioned, a bunch of the things coming for season two. So stay tuned. We're going to start that. Uh, I guess this week um, we'll start a regular schedule again and not Sunday, 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 as we've come accustomed to. But uh, yeah, thank you everybody for making this year super fun and uh, can't wait to do it all again for the 22, 23 season and be hopefully not heartbroken all over again. But hey, that's what we do. 
So uh, thanks. Love will keep us together. <laughs> <laughs>